In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Let us read some verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting from verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. So St. Paul is saying, in a race, everyone is running to obtain the prize, but only one receives the prize. Then he told us, run in such a way that you may obtain it. St. Paul, in his mind, the spiritual life is like a race. Even before his departure, or before his martyrdom, in 2 Timothy, he said, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race. So, he took his spiritual life very, very serious as a one running the race and want to get to obtain the prize. But I don't want you to think that only one will obtain the prize in the spiritual race. He didn't mean at all that only one person will go to heaven. No, he did not mean this at all. But he is saying who will win the prize. Actually, the only winner here on earth is the one who is taking the race very serious. Before the race, he trained himself. He disciplined himself. He was on regime. He was on a diet, exercises every day. And at the end, in the race, actually, he was running very seriously. If actually he wasted one minute, he would lose the race. So he wants us to have this mindset in the spiritual warfare how to prepare ourselves as if we are in a race in order to obtain obtain the the prize. And then in verse 25 he said, And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Again, St. Paul did not mean at all that we are in competition with each other. I am competing with you, so I will win and go to heaven and you will not. St. Paul did not mean this. But he means, in a competition, everyone is temperate. Temperate means has high discipline, high self-control. That's what he meant. So he's saying, also, now, now in verse 25, they do it to obtain a perishable crown. This prize you know, is perishable. But we for an imperishable crown everlasting crown, eternally crown. So he's saying, now you need to be temperate in everything. You need to have high self-control. You need actually to compete as if you are running the race. 26. Therefore I run thus, not with, with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. What does it mean? What did he mean by this? Not with uncertainty means I know the rules, I trained myself, I disciplined myself, I did the exercises very well, so I have this certainty, this assurance that I will win. That's why at, at the end of his life he said, I have finished the race. So, you know, in your studying, when you study very well and you solve many exams and then you, when, you, when you go to your finals, you're ready. You have certainty that through the grace of God, you will pass. That's what he meant, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air. A person who beats the air as if he's doing nothing. He's just... Uh, 
making a lot of effort, but at the end there is no fruits. Many times we do efforts, but because we do it in the wrong way, you know, no fruits. We don't obtain any fruits. Uh, for example, if uh, you want actually to move a, a big furniture like this, and you want to move it by yourself, and you don't have the, the right tools to help you to move it, then you will do a lot of effort, but at the end, nothing. You, you cannot move it from its place. So, knowing the rules, exercising, having high self-control, having a clear goal in, in front of you, what, what's my goal? And having the right tools, you, this actually will make your fight a good fight. I have fought the good fight. And he gave us an example in verse 27. By I discipline, but I discipline my body. And bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So if St. Paul actually is worried about becoming disqualified, all of us should worry about this. But I'm not I'm not saying we should worry to give you despair or to make you desperate, but actually to know how to run the race and how to fight the good fight in the right way. So if we summarize these uh, four verses, St. Paul is saying you need to have a clear goal in front of you then you need to know the rules. You need to discipline yourself, have high discipline and self-control. And you need actually to take your life seriously, very, very seriously. Don't waste even one minute because wasting one minute will make you lose the, the crown. So, if we know all this, that's actually what we call it the spiritual canon. Spiritual canon. What's spiritual canon or spiritual rule? It's the structure that you follow in your spiritual life. Structure like prayer, reading the scripture, fasting, attending the churches, spiritual reading, you know, all these things that you should follow in order actually to be within the grace of God so you will overcome and uh, overcome the temptation of the devil and this actually you will obtain the imperishable crown, as St. Paul said. So, I will speak about what is the importance of spiritual rule or spiritual canon. Uh, then I'll speak about the challenges or what the obstacles uh, that we face in completing the spiritual canon. And then I'll speak about the blessing of spiritual canon and the items of spiritual canon. So these are the four points I will discuss. Number one, what is the importance of having a spiritual canon? You go to your spiritual father and tell him, what's my spiritual canon? And actually he will put you in a certain spiritual canon. You pray this, you read this from the scripture, etc. A spiritual canon actually will help you to grow spiritually. Like, if we don't eat, we will not grow physically and will develop many diseases, our immunity will be low, will be anemic, etc. If, if, if you're eating uh, unhealthy food, also you will develop many diseases. Spiritual canon is our spiritual nourishment. And when we follow the spiritual canon, we will grow spiritually. We will grow spiritually. 
and will grow healthy. And our spiritual immunity will be very high. You know, now we are speaking about the pandemic and the immunity. And everyone wants to raise his immunity. So if he's attacked by the virus, you know, he will not get sick. Take the same concept. Satan wants to attack us with the virus of sin. If you have low spiritual immunity, you will be easily attacked. You will be easily tempted. You will fall into sin. But if your spiritual immunity is high, Satan cannot attack you. And what increases your spiritual immunity is the spiritual canon. Because the spiritual canon strengthens your relationship with God, makes you so bonded, so connected with God. And as the Lord said, those who are in my hand, Satan cannot approach you. So by spiritual canon, you will be in the protection of the right hand of God. If we don't have spiritual canon, we are not in his hand. We jump out of his hand. Also, uh, it protects us from spiritual moodiness. Some people are moody, spiritually moody. What do I mean spiritually moody? Today I feel that I'm encouraged, I want to pray. So I will pray five hours, seven hours from the Agbe. And I continue for three days, four days. Then I feel bored, you know, I'm not interested, so I'm not going to pray the Agbe. Then after a few days, you know what, and I love the Bible. So I will read 50 chapters every day. One week, I, I got bored. I'm not going to read the Bible. You know. So some people goes like this, ups and down, ups and down. As if one day you ate a lot. And then three days you did not eat. Then two days you ate a lot. Then five days you will not eat. Do you think you'll have a good health? No. Definitely not. So this, to be spiritually moody, Actually, it will not help you in a spiritual life. But when you are structured, as St. Paul said, I discipline my body and bring it in subjection. And also, he said, I trained every, in everything uh, I, I trained myself. So when you train yourself to have spiritual canon, to, to follow the spiritual canon, this actually will protect you from being moody, spiritually moody. Also, it will protect you from uh, laziness. Laziness. Uh, when you are committed to your spiritual canon, you will not be lazy. For example, you are committed to your school. You are committed to your work if you are working. So no matter what you want to go or you don't want to go, when you wake up in the morning, you will go. You have a school. You go to your school. You have... Uh, classes, you will attend the classes, you have work, you go to your work. So there is no excuse because actually if you start uh, getting lazy and slothful, either they will kick you out of school or you're going to lose your job if you are working. In, this, in the same way, if you are running the race, I want this mindset of a running a race in your spiritual life, to have it all the time. In spiritual life, I am running the race. So you will take your spiritual life and spiritual canon very serious. I'm committed to it. No matter what, I will do it. I will keep it. David, in, in one of his Psalms, said, I will pay my vows to the Lord day after day. I will pay my vows to the Lord day after day. What, what vows? What vows? Uh, he is not speaking about monetary vows. So not every day he's going to pay monetary vows to the Lord. But my vows day after day, it's his commitment to have a relationship with God. Like if uh, you are engaged, then there is a commitment. You will call your fiancé, Every day, you'll check on her or on him. Uh, you'll spend the time together. You know, If you don't do this, then your relationship will become so, so weak. And this will not be a good foundation for a successful marriage. 
the same way our spiritual canon is my relationship with God. And if I want to have a strong relationship with God, then I need to commit to the spiritual uh, canon. Uh, we have many people like David. I, I'm sure some of you will say we are very busy. We are in a very competitive school. We have a lot of studies. Or my job. Uh, I, I cannot just spend 20 minutes minute in the morning praying and 20 minutes in night praying and 30 minutes with the scripture from where I can bring all this time. You know, I, I don't have time. But before يعني, I, I answer this question, I want to give you some examples like David. David was a king. And you can res- imagine the responsibility of a king. And he said, seven times every day I uh, praise your holy name. In the middle of the night, I rose and I praise your name. Before the sunshine, I woke up and I praise. So before the sunshine, before in the middle of the night, seven times every day, you know. So he was committed. And then he said, your law is my meditation day and night. There's a high commitment here. High commitment from David. Uh, Daniel, when Daniel actually went uh, in the captivity with the three young men, the king wanted to choose ministers for his kingdom from these youth. So he ordered them to eat certain food, certain drinks. But Daniel, according to the law, Jewish law, some of the food that was offered was unclean according to the Jewish law. So he 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 refused, and he we read in Daniel chapter one, Daniel purposed in his heart, determined in his heart, that he will not defile himself with the delicacies of the king. He made a decision, high commitment. Whatever happened to me, I'm not gonna break my 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 food. Uh, diet or the, the law of the food according to the Jewish law. Now, Christmas is coming very soon, and many times when we go to Christmas parties, it's very easy for us to break the fast. Very, very easy. Uh, Thanksgiving this year coming during the fast of uh, Nativity, and many people just break, without thinking, just breaking the day. You know, without thinking. It's a fasting day. How, how can you break it? So, are we going to be like Daniel, committed? Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the delicacies of the king? Mary and Martha. Uh, Martha was serving, but God was not happy with her service. You know why? Because she was not committed to the spiritual canon. There is time for prayer, and for there is time for service. No. As John Chrysostom said, God rebuked Martha not because she was serving, serving is something beautiful, but because she was serving in the right time. There is time for service, and there is time for prayer. Martha, instead of listening to the Lord, she went and started serving. And again, commitment here, listening to the Lord, like reading the scripture. Are we committed or just to are busy, even with the service, and we say we don't have time to uh, read the Bible and be with the Lord? So what are some of the challenges that uh, prevent us from keeping spiritual camp? The first challenge is time. And I'm sure all of us will say we don't have time. We're too busy. I, I don't have time. Uh, but but let me ask you a question. Is it really you don't have time? Or God is not on our priority list? Because I am sure that most of us, we spend the time on things that has nothing to do with the service 
sorry, with um, our school or our study or our work. How many times you spend on social media? How many times you spend on phone calls? How many times you spend chatting with people and in something not edifying? I'm not saying sinful, but just wasting your time. No. Actually, we waste our time. Let me tell you your priority. Answer this question silently in your mind. What is the first thing you do in the morning when you wake up? Is it checking your phone or praying? If the first thing you do in the morning, you have your phone next to you, and then you wake up and you, you bring your phone and you look at it, then your phone is your priority. It's not God. But if the first thing you do in the morning is stand up, make the sign of the cross, and you pray, then God is your priority. So, first advice to make God is your priority. When God is your priority, you will find time for Him. But because God is not our priority, we don't have time for Him. Second advice is time management. Actually, when you manage your time, you will have time for everything. Managing your time is like if you are making 3000 a month. How you use this amount of money to pay your mortgage, to pay your car, to pay insurance, food, whatever. So managing our time, I have 24 hours every day. How can I split the 24 hours? to study, to pray, to have a social time, to relax, to sleep, etc. You know, in the conventions, uh, the regular schedule in the convention, I'm sure you attended with us. We start with the liturgy every day. Then we have two or three lectures, have one Bible study, have free time, we pray the seven hours of Zagbeya. At night, we pray the midnight prayer. And also, there is time to sleep and to socialize with each other. Why? How can actually we do all these activities in one day? Because there is a schedule. We'll wake up at this time, literally from 7 to 9, from 9 to 10 breakfast, from 10 first lecture. So your, your day is structured. If your day is structured, actually you can do many, many things. They say as if you are packing your baggage. If actually you have five items and you throw them in your bag, your bag will not take more than this. But if you start to put, to arrange them, uh, this item here, next to it, item two, next to it, item three, and you try actually to put all the items in, in order, the bag actually that took five items, now it may take 20 items. Time is like the bag and how to put everything in order inside it, in order actually to increase your productivity. The third advice, the first advice, make God your priority. Number two, time management. Number three, actually, the fragments of the time. Fragments of let me tell after feeding the multitude with the five loaves and two fish, what happened? The Lord told them, collect the fragments. And the fragments made 12 baskets. 12 baskets. So each disciple took a basket of bread. Can you imagine that the fragments from the five loaves and two fish make 12 baskets? Also, there is fragment of our time. Five minutes here, three minutes there, 15 minutes here. Usually, you don't pay attention to these fragments. But if you pay attention to these fragments, you can actually make use of, of all, every minute here and there. You can use them to actually listen to part of a sermon. 
there are sermons now actually just five minutes or ten minutes on, on, on the YouTube or SoundCloud. Just you can pick one of these and make them ready on your podcast or whatever and, and listen to them. Actually, you can say Psalms, one or two Psalms. If you have five minutes here or ten minutes there, all of us will have the Bible ready on, on our phones. You can go and read one chapter from the scripture. You know, you can write some meditation uh, and some reflection. So use this time. Use the fragments of the time. If we try to see, if we add the fragments of time every day, maybe we'll have like one hour or two hours. But waste it because we have 10 minutes here, five minutes here, etc. But if you can use these two hours, actually your productivity will be high. So don't tell me I'm too busy. And let me give you another, another advice. If you are too, too, too busy, then you need actually to have God in your, in your life to help you with all the challenges that you have. If you are not actually uh, ask God to be with you when you are too busy, when are you going to ask him to be with you? You need him the most. If you are too busy and you have many assignments and you have many uh, requirements, then this time actually is the most time you need God in your life to bless you, to guide you, to help you. It's like somebody says, you know, I am too sick to go to the hospital. Uh, But when I be well, I will go and see my physician. Doesn't work this way. Another <clears throat> another challenge, beside we don't have time, is boredom. Boredom or distraction. I like to pray, but when I pray, I get distracted. I like to pray or read the scripture, but I I feel bored. I, I don't come to the church. It's three hours can just make a liturgy 30 minutes, you know. So the boredom. And actually, boredom is one of the wars that actually affect all of us. The treatment of the boredom is what we call it coercion or enforcement. Coercion. The Lord said, Lord Jesus Christ said, the kingdom of God is taken by force. And those who force themselves will enter it. You need actually to force yourself. If you don't force yourself to go to work regardless or to go to school, you will fail. If don't you force yourself to study, you will not pass. Many things actually we don't want to do it, but we force ourselves for it. You need to force yourself. For this imperishable crown, as St. Paul said, you need to be in, in race. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest after I preach to others, I myself be disqualified. That is discipline, to be temperate, high self-control. Yes, I will come and force myself. Then the second question, does God understand or accept my prayer when I force myself? Yes, he will. He will. That's what we call, we call the fighting the good fight. Fighting the good fight. So, when you come to the liturgy, if you are coming with this mindset, oh, it's three hours, Abuna when will finish, oh, why the deacon are chanting these long hymns? You know, you are feeding your boredom more and more. And actually, these three hours will end like 15 hours. But if you are coming and you are enjoying the liturgy, enjoying everything, if they are chanting a hymn, you enjoy it. Abuna giving a sermon, listen to it and try to benefit from it. So you are enjoying everything. Actually, you will find the three hours end just like that. You know, for example, if you are driving from here, to SAT that's five hours from here. 
if just you are putting yourself on, on the goal, I want to arrive to this city, you know, these five hours will be very long and you will be very bored. But you've said, you know what? I have five hours of driving. Let me enjoy the scenery. Let me enjoy my time during this drive. So I'm driving, enjoying the scenery around you and use this time to listen to music, to listen to songs, to listen to sermons, you know. Then the time will fly just like this. It is your mindset. Your mindset. So you need actually to force yourself, force yourself to pray, to read the Bible. And once actually you start praying, forcing will not be all your life. It will be as a starting point, as a beginner. But once you get close to the Lord and you abide in Him and He's abiding in you, then you will enjoy, you will be looking forward to spend every minute with Christ. You will not say it is long. You actually, you will enjoy your prayer. When you start praying, you don't want to finish prayer because you are enjoying being with Christ. You are enjoying every time you are spending with Christ. The third challenge is understanding. Sometimes when we read without understanding, or we pray without understanding what we are saying, read scripture without understanding, actually it will feed more into boredom. Uh, and especially the Psalms needs explanation. So if, if you are seeing, for example, the Psalm by the river of Babylon, we sat and we cried when we remember Jerusalem, are going to say, I never went to Babylon. Uh, why I'm crying? What I'm saying here? You know, why why I'm praying this psalm? But if you understand the psalm here, Babylon is a land of captivity. So when we took the people to Babylon, Iraq, as captives, even when they sat on the beautiful rivers of Iraq, uh, Euphrates and Digla, they were not happy because they are in land of captivity. They want to go to Jerusalem, their home, where the temple is to praise the Lord. That's why their tongue clinged to their mouth. They couldn't praise the Lord in a foreign country. What does this mean for me? So Babylon represents here the captivity of sin. So when I am in the captivity of sin, even with the pleasure of sin, but how can I rejoice when I am enslaved to the sin, even if there is pleasure in this sin? So you cry when you remember or you weep when you remember your relationship with God, when you were in Jerusalem, when you were free, when you were in the city of God, when you were active in the church, and active, not just a church goer, but active in your relationship with God. When your heart was Jerusalem, and, and God actually was dwelling in your heart, and you say, yes, now I cannot even praise the Lord in a foreign country. I cannot praise the Lord when I am in the land of captivity, in the captivity of sin. I want to go back to Jerusalem to praise the Lord. I want to go back to my relationship with God to praise the Lord. So when you understand a psalm like this, believe me, when you pray it with your heart, your heart will be touched. Your tears will come from your eyes naturally. But if you are reading without understanding, then you will not benefit. And and thank God now, commentary on the scripture, in, in Arabic and in English are available, available many, many actually Bible study applications uh, from Orthodox and Coptic point of view are, uh, are available. So we don't have excuse now to say we don't understand. The last challenge is Satan and Satan will fight against us in order he wants to stop us from praying, 
reading the, uh, the scripture, going to the church, he will fight with you with so many fights. He will make you feel tired, lazy, have headache. You cannot go to church. Or he can convince you the people in the church are hypocrite. Uh, I don't just want to hang around hypocrite people in the church. I have a beautiful relationship with God. Should I go to church? Why should I go to church? I don't like Abuna. I don't like the deacons. You know, so many lists, you, you, many things. You will have it. Satan will attack you in order to stop you from going to the church. There is a beautiful story about a man who was blind. His name Bartimaeus. He heard that the Lord Jesus was walking by. So he starts saying. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. People start to tell him, be silent, be quiet. <laughs> Don't, Jesus is surrounded by so many people. Do you think he will leave all these people just to pay attention to you? Just be quiet. Bartimaeus, in response, he actually cried aloud more. And he raised his voice more. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Then the Lord stopped and said, what do you want? So Bartimaeus told him, I want just to see. And the Lord healed him. These people represent Satan, who will tell us, be quiet. Don't pray. God doesn't love you. Do you think God will listen to you after all the sins that you committed? You are far away from God. God likes the righteous. You are not one of them. But don't listen to Satan. Raise your voice more, your, your internal voice. Scream to the Lord from your heart. Tell him, have mercy upon me, son of David. I am here. I want to see I am spiritually blind. Heal my internal eyes so I can see you. So we spoke about the importance of spiritual canon. spoke about challenges against spiritual canon. Third point, blessing of spiritual canon. The blessing, number one, it will teach you the life of discipline and self-control. One time, Pope Shenouda said, the difference between the saints and us is seriousness. They took their spiritual life seriously. We don't. They took their spiritual life as if they are running a race. We don't. But when actually you follow a spiritual canon, then this will teach you discipline, to be serious. So that's one of the blessings that you will have. Also, you will have satisfaction inside you. In the Beatitudes, in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are the hungry and thirsty for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You will be filled. You will be satisfied. Spiritually filled. As uh, when we are hungry for food and we eat, we feel we are filled. The same with the spiritual canon. Because you are feeding yourself every day. Also, as we said before, you will be growing spiritually. And the last one, which is the most important one, this actually will make you in strong bond with the Lord Jesus Christ, one with him, united with him through the spiritual canon. You will be in his hand, protected by him, full of peace and full of joy, Regardless what's going around you. As David said, if I walk in the valley of shadow of death, I fear nothing because you are with me. You will be with the Lord, so you will fear nothing. You will actually experience the Lord in a way never experienced him before. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my power. Uh, the Lord is my praise. So, all these blessings, you will feel it because you are committed to the Lord.
last point what are the items of spiritual canon that you need to discuss with your spiritual father number one is prayer no relationship without communication and prayer is our communication with the Lord and prayer actually uh, should be through the Agbeya because Agbeya Agbeya is 90% or 95% is from the scripture Psalms and Gospels this Agbeya so and the scripture is written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit so when you pray with the Agbeya you are praying um, with the words of the Holy Spirit and also prayer uh, with the Agbeya will cover all the different types of prayer you know in prayer there is supplication there is communication there is intercession there is thanksgiving there is praise five types supplication God I want this communication like God I love you Uh, intercession when you pray for others thanksgiving God I thank you for so and so and praise like holy 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 when you compose your own prayer it's impossible for any one of us actually to be able to compose these five types of prayer maybe compose one two three nothing more but in prayer actually you will compose the five uh, types of prayer but after Agbeya actually you need to compose your own prayers and to speak to to the Lord in your own words Uh, so talk to the spiritual father some spiritual father will give you like two psalms uh, every day instead of reading the 12th or the 19th psalm so uh, discuss with him how you pray the Agbeya how many psalms you pray every day and at the end you'll find the Agbeya believe me will not take from you more than 20 minutes maximum also communication should be a dialogue not monologue when you speak in the Agbeya in prayer you speak to God but you need also to, to hear him and you hear him through what? through the scripture God is speaking to us in the scripture so every day you need to spend some time with the scripture 20 minutes, 30 minutes to read and to understand and not just to read scripture actually the Lord said search the scriptures he did not say read the scripture he said search the scripture and the lawyer when he asked him what is the greatest commandment he told him, he didn't ask him do you read he asked him how do you read how do you read so it's not about reading it's about how to read how to search the scripture so read it understand it keep it in your heart apply it in your life again read it with your eye understand it with your mind keep it and memorize it in your heart apply it in your life also memorize St. Paul said let the word of God dwell richly in you so I want the word of God to dwell richly in me memorize verses if you memorize actually one verse every day by the end of the year you memorize it 365 verses if you memorize two verses and two verses are not uh, that much you will end up memorizing almost 700 verses every year and thus actually the word of God will dwell richly in you also uh, I'm speaking about daily these are the daily items prayer, scripture uh, quiet time and self-examination you need actually to spend quiet time with yourself 10 minutes, 15 minutes listen to the voice of God and also to examine yourself and to give an account for your stewardship day by day all of us you are youth so uh, 
And if I got you don't have back pains like us. So again, prostration, worshiping and kneeling down before the Lord. Uh, this actually will give humbleness to the person before the Lord. So prostration and metanias should be one of your uh, items of your spiritual canon. Can start with three, five, ten, twenty, you know, and Abuna can guide you with this. And also every day while you are driving, while uh, spend some time either to read spiritual words from a spiritual book or to listen from spiritual uh, uh, sermons or spiritual songs, something actually to enrich your your spiritual life. So every day. Prayer, scripture, quiet time, prostration, and spiritual reading. On a weekly, uh, number one liturgy. Every week, at least you should attend one liturgy. Every week. And this liturgy should be on Sunday, the day of the Lord. It is one of the commandments. Of course, if you want to add more liturgies, this will be good. But if you are available on Sunday, why don't you go to church? Some people try to choose liturgies during the week because they are shorter. Can you imagine you are saying to your fiancé, you know, I get bored, so I just I want to speak with you just 10 minutes. I cannot endure to speak with you more than this. That's the message you are saying to God when we don't want to go to the liturgy on Sunday. Sunday, this is the day which the Lord has made. Let us pray and let's rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day which the Lord has made, the day of the Lord. If you read Acts chapter 20, you will see when the, in the first day of the week, when the disciples were gathered to break the bread. And in the book of Acts, there are two words, breaking bread and eating food. Breaking bread is communion. Eating food is just a rabbi meal. So in the first day of the week. Also another thing on a, on a weekly basis, tithing and as the Lord said, don't appear before me empty. First Corinthians chapter 16, St. Paul said, on the first day of the week, let each one of you put aside uh, abundantly or generously. So you say, but I pay my tithe once a month. That's fine. But every time you go to church, you need just to to pay something, even 50 cents, even one dollar. And according to your generosity, you know, but you cannot just come on the day of the Lord to the church without offering something to the Lord. And the commandment, First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1, on every day. And this actually, the father or mother cannot say, I pay on, on your behalf. No, each one, the children, the adult, everyone, when it comes to the church, you need to offer something to the Lord. As the Lord said, don't appear before me empty-handed. So, uh, something can be daily or weekly is service. And service, I don't mean here just to be a Sunday school servant, but to do a service, to use your talent to serve others. Like the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan, he stopped on the way to help this Jewish man who is half a dead have life, uh, have a life. So you need actually every day to catch an opportunity to serve somebody. If you find somebody sick, ask about him. If you find somebody needy, go support him. Somebody desperate, give him a word of encouragement. Uh, somebody said, just smile and lift him up. So every day you need to do something. If you are gifted, uh, see your talents and how you use your talent to serve others for the glory of God. Uh, if you are able to 
every day at least once you serve somebody, this is great. But don't let one week goes by without using your talent to serve anybody. This would be too much. Also weekly will be a fasting Wednesday and Friday. If you don't fast right now in, in your age, when are you going to fast? After you become 70 and you have high cholesterol and high blood pressure and uh, diabetes and, and all this list, you know? I discipline my body, as St. Paul said, and bring it into subjection. So we need to discipline our body. Fast, and, and abstain from fasting for some time, and then eat fasting food. This actually will help you to control your body. So you are not under the control of the lusts of the body, but you are in control of your body. On a monthly or every 46 weeks is confession. Of course, repentance is daily. Every day, as I said, in the quiet time, you need to examine yourself and offer repentance to the Lord. But once every six weeks maximum, you need to meet your father of confession and actually uh, confess your sins and discuss with him your spiritual canon. And in confessing your sins, if you are prepared, you can itemize them into three groups. My relationship with God, my relationship with others, my relationship with myself. My spiritual, my relationship with God is spiritual canon. My spiritual, my relationship with others, um, sense of the tongue, things of communication, anger, jealousy, gossiping, etc. A relationship with oneself, two things actually, thoughts and habits, bad habits and any bad thoughts. So when you go and you are organized uh, in, in your mind, it, you can confess, Abuna can follow up with you and give you a spiritual direction to help you in your life. So uh, there are other things actually, but let me just stop here. And I, I want to remind you, as St. Paul said, you need to have the mindset of a person in a race. Person in a race. That's our spiritual life. Don't you know that those who run in a race or run but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be should become disqualified. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.